0: Good evening to all. So today we shall be discussing the Libyan revolution of 2011 as a part of the Arab Spring that shocked the world in 2011 and so on. In early 2011, amid the wave of popular protests in countries throughout Middle East and North Africa, we witnessed that the protests were largely peaceful against the entrenched regimes and bought quick transfers over the power in Egypt and Tunisia. In Libya, however, things were very different. An uprising against the four-decade rule of Muammar Gaddafi led to a civil war and eventually led to the international military having to intervene. So we shall discuss the events in Libya and we shall try to see why it turned so violent. So uh, it all started on 15th February 2011 when anti-government rallies were held in Benghazi by the protesters that were angered by the arrest of Fethi Tarbel, who was a human rights lawyer. And it called for Gaddafi to step down and release all political prisoners, which had been a common theme throughout the 41 years that Muammar Gaddafi ruled the country from 1970. So the Libyan security forces started using water cannons and rubber bullets against the crowds, which resulted in a number of injuries. And to counter the demonstrations, Pro-government rallies were orchestrated by the Libyan authorities and they were broadcast on state television because free speech and the fourth estate, as we have seen before, were absent. And, you know, the protests intensified with the demonstrators. They took control of Benghazi and the unrest started spreading to Tripoli, which was the stronghold of the Gaddafi family. The Libyan government, instead of using peaceful methods and dialogue, started using lethal force against demonstrators, and they were highly repressed. Security forces and squads of mercenaries fired live ammunition into the crowds of demonstrators. They were attacked with tanks, artillery from air. Helicopter gunships were also deployed. The regime started restricting communications, blocking internet, interrupting telephone services. On 21st February, one of Gaddafi's sons, Saif al-Islam, gave a defiant address on the state television and blamed outsiders for the unrest and said that the regime, and I quote verbatim, would fight to the last bullet. Now, the government's sudden escalation of violence against the protesters drew international condemnation from foreign leaders and human rights organizations. And it also seemed to damage the sort of coherence of the regime, causing a number of high-level officials, including uh, the Minister of Justice, a large number of Libyan diplomats, including the Libyan ambassador to the UN, they resigned in protest and condemned the regime. They also started using the pre-Gaddafi flag, signaling support for the uprising. Two days after his son's angry speech, Gaddafi gave another fiery speech on state television and he called the protesters traitors of the country, of the Jamiria that he had established and the agents of Al-Qaeda. The opposition took control of Benghazi. Eventually, rebels started expelling the pro-Gaddafi forces from most of eastern Libya and some cities in the western region. As the protest moved forward, UN also approved a measure that included sanctions against the Gaddafi regime. Arming themselves with a weapons that were abandoned military and uh, police bases and depots, rebel forces started moving west and started taking control of several cities near Tripoli, including Zavia, which was only 30 miles from the capital. Zavia was one of the most important cities Uh, near Tripoli in Libya because of its extremely high oil output, upon which 95% of the country and its export depended upon. The ICC, the International Criminal Court, announced that it will open an investigation against Gaddafi for his possible crimes against humanity in trying to oppress his own people. A group of rebel leaders started forming some sort of organization which would take under its ambit the entire protest and the revolution. It was called the Transitional National Council. The European Union unanimously called on Gaddafi to step down, but the international community remained divided over the possibility of imposing a no-fly zone to prevent pro-Gaddafi forces from using military aircrafts to attack the rebels. As pro-Gaddafi forces advanced towards Benghazi, retaking several rebel-held cities, US and European forces launched air attacks to disable Libyan air defences and destroyed their air bases so that air force could not be used against his own people by Gaddafi. After days of negotiation, it was agreed that NATO will take over the full command of the military intervention operations in Libya, NATO being the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. The African Union travelled to Tripoli to present a plan of ceasefire for Gaddafi and it was reported that he did accept the plan. However, it was rejected the next day by rebel leaders who objected that it did not provide enough for Gaddafi's removal from power and transfer out of Libya. UK announced that it would send military officers along with France and Italy to advise the rebel leadership. And all three countries specified that they will advise the rebels on military organization, communication, logistics, but most importantly, they would not participate in the actual fighting. The announcement came amid the report that there was disorganized and unrequipped rebels who seemed to be locked in stalemate and lacked the military capability to to have a decisive victory over Gaddafi's troops without foreign help. A NATO strike in Gaddafi's Bab al compound in Tripoli led to the death of his own son, Saif al-Arab, and three of his grandchildren. Gaddafi, who was reportedly inside the house, escaped uninjured. The Turkish Prime Minister, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, called for Gaddafi to step down immediately and Turkey sought to maintain ties with both Gaddafi and the rebel leaders in hope of brokering an agreement. Now, the centre point of the revolt had shifted from Benghazi to the port city of Misurata, which had been under siege by pro-Gaddafi's forces for several weeks. They also placed anti-ship mines near Misurata's harbour to limit the flow of foreign aid into the city. On May 5th, at a meeting in Rome, representatives of nato countries and arab countries agreed to set up a temporary fund to deliver financial aid to the transitional national council and estimated an estimated 2, two to 3 billion dollars were required for continuing operations by the tnc on 15th may shocking news came across representatives of the tnc announced that the rebel forces had established full control over the city of Misurata and formed a rebel stronghold in western libya and the site of some of the conflict's most intense fighting were now under rebel control. Since March, forces loyal to Gaddafi had surrounded and shelled the city, killing hundreds of their own civilians. Another seminal moment in this revolution was on 15th July when the United States of America formally recognized the TNC as the legitimate governing body in Libya. And it paved way for TNC to access $30 billion of frozen Libyan assets being held in the United States. U.S. diplomats met with Gaddafi's representatives in Tunisia for the first time to discuss the conflict. U.S. officials stated that they used the meeting to reiterate the United States' demand that Gaddafi step down and there was no negotiation between the two sides. General Abdul Fatah Yunus, the rebel military commander, was killed under mysterious circumstances while being detained by the rebel forces. Yunus, who was a former Gaddafi security chief, Had defected to the Liberals in the February of that same year, 2011. He was reportedly being transferred to Benghazi to be investigated by the TNC on charges of treason. On August 19th of 2011, rebel fighters took control of Zavia and marched to the outskirts of Tripoli. On 20th of August, rebel forces encircled Tripoli, clashing with Gaddafi loyalists, which led to one of the heaviest fighting the entire revolution had seen. On 23rd of August, Rebel forces gained the upper hand in Tripoli and established control over most of the city, including the Bab al Azizia compound, which is Gaddafi's headquarters in the capital. Rebels raised Libya's free Gaddafi flag over the compound as a jubilant crowd sent shockwaves throughout the world as they destroyed the lost symbols of Gaddafi. As fighting between rebels and loyalists continued in few areas of Tripoli, Gaddafi was nowhere to be found. In an audio statement broadcast on Libyan radio, Gaddafi urged the Libyans to resist the rebels. The rebels, still fighting pockets of resistance in Tripoli, offered a reward of $1.7 million for anybody who captured or killed Gaddafi. TNC also vowed to grant full amnesty to members of Gaddafi's inner circle in return of killing or capturing him. On 29th of August, Gaddafi's wife and several of his children fled to nearby Algeria. Gaddafi and four of his sons remained in hiding. Rebel leaders gave an ultimatum to loyalist forces. Rebel leaders issued an ultimatum to loyalist forces giving them until 3rd of September to surrender Sirta and a bunch of other cities under their control or face a military assault. As rebels advanced on the Gaddafi strongholds of Bani Walid and Sirta, TNC leader Mustafa Abdul Jalil arrived in Tripoli for the first time since the fall of the capital to the rebel forces. The United Nations General Assembly voted to recognize the TNC as the representative of the Libyan people and the Security Council voted to lift some of the sanctions that were imposed on Libya while Gaddafi was in power. On 20th of October came the most important moment of the Libyan revolution. Gaddafi was killed by rebel forces in his hometown of Sirta as they took control of the city after several weeks of fighting. Amateur videos appeared which showed that Gaddafi was captured alive by rebels and he was fatally shot after that. The TNC, however, denies that Gaddafi was executed by the rebels after his capture. Abdul Jalil, on 23rd of October 2011, declared national liberation in an address in Benghazi. In Misurata, crowds gathered to view the body of Gaddafi and his son, Muat who was also killed on 20th of October. Under pressure from human rights groups, Mustafa Abdul Jalil promised an investigation into the circumstances of Gaddafi's death. And reports emerged that rebel leaders executed a lot of pro-Gaddafi prisoners and it was also decided that this would also come under the ambit of investigation. On 27th of October, the United Nations Security Council finally vowed to end international military operations in Libya four days later on 31st of October. Abdul Rahim Al Kib, an engineer from West Libya and a long time critic of the Gaddafi regime, was sworn in as the interim prime minister of the country on 31st of October. On November 19th, Saif al-Islam Gaddafi was captured near the town of Sabha in southwestern Libya as he tried to flee to Niger. TNC officials stated that he would receive a fair trial in Libya and would not be handed over to the ICC to face war crime charges. On December 16th, the UNSC and the United States lifted the sanctions placed on Libya's central bank during the uprising. The revolt and the revolution were far from over, however. On On Christmas Day of 2011, TNC officials announced a plan to integrate fighters from the regional rebel militias into Libya's National Armed Forces. The militias, which controlled territories throughout the country, frequently had skirmishes with rival militias and were seen as a security problem and an obstacle to the establishment of a central effective government. Many militias in western Libya refused to disarm and remained sceptical of the TNC, which they saw as partial to eastern Libya and too closely linked to the Gaddafi regime. On 4th of January, after several members of rival militias were killed in a gun battle downtown Tripoli. Abdul Jalil said that by refusing to disarm, militia groups risked pushing Libya towards civil war. On 22nd January 2012, there were protests outside the TNC headquarters, leading to the deputy head of the TNC resigning. On March 17th, Abdullah Senussi, who was Gaddafi's intelligence chief, was arrested in Mauritania. Mauritania delayed the extradition to Libya of Senussi who faced ICC charges for crimes against humanity, expressing concerns that he may not be given a fair trial in Libya. On July 7th of 2012, Libyans voted in the elections for a new 200-seat assembly that would appoint a new prime minister and draft a constitution. Official results showed that the National Forces Alliance, a secular party led by Mahmoud Jibril, a former interim prime minister and TNC official, won the largest number of seats in the new assembly. On September 11th, members of an Islamist group staged a surprise attack on the US consulate in Benghazi. The US ambassador to Libya, Christopher Stevens, is killed in an attack along with three other Americans, which showed us that the revolution was far from over. And while Libya was free now, freedom had come at a cost. The cost was stability. The country had been thrown into an unstable atmosphere of political uprisings and local militias. We shall discuss in further detail now the character who was central to this entire revolution in Libya, who ruled the country for more than four decades, Muammar Gaddafi. Thank you.